Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. Hey, you went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers. You <laughs> What a life. See ya. Yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. All right. yeah. Get out there on the ice and let them know you're there. my Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Seattle Sinbin Podcast. I am your host, Paul Rogers. Uh, I'm waiting on my co-host, Otto, to show up any second now. Um, and we've got a good show for you tonight. We've actually got uh, Sam Hinchy calling in in a few minutes, and he is going to talk about uh, the Tri-City Americans. Their season came to uh, uh, kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the best ending. They didn't. They didn't make the playoffs, unfortunately. And you know, the Americans are my team. I live in Yakima, uh, so usually when I go to a game, it's the Tri City Americans. And unfortunately, a, they, their their season came to an unceremonious end. Um, but you know, they they played their hearts out. They had some injury issues, um, and you know that's just kind of the way it goes. And I think. Otto is now with me. Otto, are you there? I am back. You sound great. <laughs> I sound, yeah, uh, just to let you guys know, we I, we started the show uh, a few minutes earlier, and then we had to end it because my microphone wasn't working. And so now I'm back to using my cell phone like normal. Um, but that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, so, Otto, we, we're going to talk to Sam here in a few minutes about the Americans. Um, yeah. but, uh, I wanted to, before we, before we get to him, I wanted to talk about, uh, something last week, instead of doing the podcast, you were at the city hall meeting and I had intended to go, but I just couldn't make it over the pass because of various reasons. But, uh, how did it go? What were your impressions of, uh, how things went at the city hall meeting? It was, <clears throat> you know what? It was really good. And I took, I didn't want to deal with the Seattle traffic and the Seattle parking um, I took I took uh, public transit up to Seattle, and funny story, the bus driver is actually a hockey fan. So we talked hockey pretty much <laughs> the entire forty five minute ride. <laughs> so right. that you know what that yeah that was a nice treat. No, it was great. You know I got there really early. I just kind of wanted to walk around and see you know just kind of see what the buzz was around Seattle. Um, it was it didn't really start building until in the building until uh, city hall until probably about two thirty, I would say. So about maybe an hour and a half um, before I started kind of seeing a couple people here and there, uh, people who were coming to show up for the, the regularly scheduled transportation meeting at two or at 3 PM or was it 2 PM? Maybe it was 2 PM. Um, and then I saw, I started seeing more and more songs fans coming in. Uh, that's kind of when I got my, uh, right before we started handing out the T-shirts, so that's kind of where um, I was able to kind of talk to a couple of guys, talk to uh, Doug Taylor, and uh, and then two of the uh, Bring Back Our Songs guys, Joe Chong and Jason. So um, it was really good. You know, I wish I had more uh, more time to talk to other fans uh, there, you know, try to get them on, uh, get video, you know, just talk to them about what the songs mean to you, what the what hockey means to you. Uh, but you know, um, we need to, you know, I need, we need to help out passing out the t-shirts. So, uh, you know, to, to kind of get, get those all out, but it was, it was great. You know, the, the passion, you know, I was worried because, you know, around three o'clock, three thirty, about half an hour before there were maybe like 50 people kind of milling around. And I was just like, man, are we not even gonna be able to get rid of all of these free t-shirts? I mean, at the very least, we need to have a hundred people so we can at least get rid of all these T-shirts. Um, but that place filled up; I mean, it really filled up. But more and more people were coming. Even people were still coming at four o'clock, four fifteen, 
430 people were still coming uh, to testify. And, you know, I, I, always, I always forgot that the original time for, for the actual council meeting was 530. And I, I wonder if some people just kind of, they couldn't make it for the 4 o'clock and they were, they were just coming to try to get here for the council meeting because, uh, let me tell you, that council meeting was packed and the overflow room um, was packed. So I mean, we must have had easy, you know, three, four hundred people. And at the end, when uh, uh, Kevin Calabro was kind of telling everybody, "All right, it's time to go upstairs," you know, let's go make some noise. That room was packed. All the chairs were taken. People were sitting on the floor. People were kind of standing shoulder to shoulder all around, all around the uh, the chairs. So you know, it was a great experience. A lot of passion from the fans. Um, yeah. Hope to see a little more uh, hockey representation. Um, I think I think in total I saw maybe eight or nine uh, either hockey related shirts or hats. So I was hoping to see yeah. a little more in the hockey. But you know, well they did testify later on. It seemed like as the as the evening wore on, it seemed like more hockey guys were standing up to testify. Uh, but just overall, you said that you said it was packed both in the main room and the overflow room. Would you say that uh, our side outnumbered the port and their minions, or how would you say that was? Oh yeah, I mean, I would probably say thirty to one, forty to one. Three to one. Like for for every one port person, there there was like thirty or forty Sonics fans or hockey fans, definitely. Okay. And and yeah and. And to be honest, though, I mean, if you watch the the council hearings, it seems like they 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 pull a couple people off the street and threw them in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> if you watch, if you, Here, if you remember, sign if you while I the, talk so I can have more time. Yeah, it's well, not yeah. even that, but you like know, the, like the Pete Goldman got up and Pete Goldman, you know, usually I think people got about two minutes. And Pete Golden, I swear, he got like six minutes to talk. And I, I found out the reason was he, he signed up as rep, as he was representing a group. Um, and so if you notice, when, when Goldman got up to talk, he had a couple people standing next to him with, with signs, um, yeah. I, I guess, to give the impression, you know. And he, he is head of a, you know, a lawyer for a union, so it was legit. But um, I wish that some of our guys would have done the same thing because we, we could have done the same thing. But uh, – Anyway, um, I want to get to our guests, and we can we can finish off on the arena later on. And yeah. I've got a bone to pick with Sam Hinchiato. Oh, you know, okay. He's he's our Sam is our beat writer for the Tri City Americans. <laughs> and and Sam, you're you're on the line, aren't you? Yeah, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear, hear you. Again. Yeah. So so I got a bone to pick with you, pal. When. Uh, when we put out the feelers for people to come and do beat writing for us for the various WHL franchises in the region, and uh, you came to me and you said, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, all right, but on one condition, you've got to get the Tri-City Americans to the playoffs. And so it didn't happen. So what happened, man? I'll tell you what, I guess I'm just an all around jinx for the team. Uh, I mentioned this the other day to uh, Otto in our little chat that uh, uh, it's kind of funny. They had, they've made the playoffs for, I think it's about 13 straight seasons. The last time they missed it was 2002-2003. And uh, oddly enough, that same season, I, uh, I suited up for them in a game as a as a emergency backup goalie uh, in the in Key Arena against the Thunderbirds. on uh, uh, And the Thunderbirds ended up winning the game and uh, – you know, I went on my way back to my junior team, and the Americans went on to not make the playoffs that season, and and that was the last time until this year. So, I tell you what, I'm not proving okay. to be uh, much luck for them, are I? Am I? All right. So, so Otto, um, I think we might have to come up with a name for this. We're going to call this the Hinchy effect from for years, you know, from years gone the by. Hinchy anytime, effect. I like that. Yeah. Anytime a team doesn't make the playoffs in, from the U.S. division, uh, we're going to call it the Hinchy effect. Does that sound good? I'll 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 take that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So Sam, um, seriously, they they did have a have a rough season, and, and we talked to you a couple times before, and it seems like injuries were a a large reason 
for why things didn't go well for them. Uh, it, it, did that continue to be the case all the way to the end? Uh, I'll tell you what, they they got the injury uh, effect was it was really bad for the first half of the season. Um, their best, arguably the best overall player, uh, defenseman Brandon Carlo. I've talked to you guys about him. He uh, he missed some time at the beginning of the year, and then he played with Team USA at the World Juniors. So he was out for a while. They had a couple of other defensemen out for much of the season. Uh, they they got healthy uh, at the beginning of the new year and started to make a run and really made up a lot of ground in the conference. But uh, they just kind of couldn't really undo what had happened the first half of the year. And uh, it, it's interesting because if you look at the standings, they actually – so last season they made the playoffs. Uh, they were the eighth seed and they were eliminated. They were swept in the first round. Uh, but they actually, if you look at the standings, they had a, in terms of wins and points, they had a better season this year. Uh, they had four more victories. They had eight more points than they did a year ago. But what happened was last year Kamloops was not a very good club and they didn't make the playoffs. And this year, they improved a lot and did improve and did make the playoffs, and that kind of bumped the Americans out. So it's it's kind of it's interesting to look at. They they didn't make the playoffs, which is obviously a failure, or what they would a lot of they would consider a failure. You know, when eight out of the ten teams in the conference make the playoffs, you should make the playoffs. And uh, but they 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 are an improved team. They they won more than they did last year. So they they. They didn't score a lot of goals last year. They improved a lot in that category this season. Uh, this season, it kind of flipped around. They at times had trouble, you know, on the defensive end and uh, went through stretches, giving up four, five, six goals a game. And you're not going to win a lot doing that. But they really, once the new year came around, they kind of found their stride. Uh, at one point, were among the hotter teams in the league, uh, made up a lot of ground and. And in the end, came up just two points shy of uh, Spokane and Portland in the playoff race. So, uh, disappointing in that so they just term, dug themselves but... too. Yeah. So, they just yeah, dug themselves basically. too big of a hole early on. Yeah, pretty much. They, I don't want... Towards the end of the season, I think they were a better club than some teams in the division, but they just had too much ground to make up. Right. Uh, Otto, what do you got for Sam? Yeah. Hey, hey Sam, how's it going, man? Good, Otto. Good to talk to you again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm just kind of looking through some of the game notes and some of the stats. Um, what's the um, – does Tri-Cities, do they have someone kind of waiting to take over for for, for Parker next year? I'll tell you what, some, one guy who stepped up really this season is the next guy kind of down on the list on the scoring sheet is uh, Jordan Topping. This was just his second season with the team. And uh, and his point total increased a lot. He's uh, he was above 30 goals and 30 assists this season. Uh, he will be a 19 year old next year. He's only 18 this season. He'll be a 19 year old next year. He'll be heavily relied upon uh, to fill the void because you know you probably know this. Parker Bowles, 96 points on the year, was one of the top scorers in the league. And and his uh, his absence next season will, will certainly be certainly be noted. And uh, But they had another guy, uh, you know, they had some guys step up this year offensively. Michael Rasmussen is uh, their first-round pick from 2015. Uh, he So this was his first season on the team as a 16-year-old. Uh, he had 43 points, uh, just shy of 20 goals. He had a fantastic freshman season with them. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll also miss Bo McHugh, the captain, another forward. Uh but they, you know, they they got a lot of good uh, improvements this season. Their import player uh, Vladislav Vladislav Lukin, easy to say, uh, he he had a great season, much improved over his first season. Uh, their other import player, the defenseman uh, Valamaki, Yusuf Valamaki, he had a great season, 32 points uh, as a defenseman. He's not even draft eligible yet, so he'll be back. He'll have uh, he's still got some time left with the Americans. There's a lot of there's a lot of young talent and a lot of things to be happy about and obviously the potential to grab some more young talent here with the the Bantam draft lottery upcoming. Awesome, that's awesome. And the other kind of big you know kind of um, headline player for the uh, the Americans, uh, Brandon Carlo. 
Um, it looks like uh, how will um, Tri Cities uh, replace Brandon Carlo? Will it be with those with Parker and uh, the the Juso Valamaki guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing. Yeah, Valamaki would be the best. You know, he's 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 the, the obvious choice. He had a phenomenal first season. He's out, he's from Finland. Uh, he was their pick in the import draft last year. Uh, he's not even draft eligible yet. He won't be until 2017. And then uh, uh, he had a phenomenal season. They relied a lot on him on the power play. He handles the puck really well, and he's got a great shot. And if you can do that as a defenseman, you're going to see a lot of time on special teams. And so they relied on him a lot on that end. Uh, it'll probably be, yeah, Parker Parker Watherspoon uh, was there kind of the, the second – uh, was was Brandon Carlo's defensive pairing partner, and uh, I imagine that uh, Valamaki steps into that role. They also have, you know, some young defensemen. Dylan Coughlin uh, had a great season. Uh, he's draft eligible, and uh, some draft boards I've seen have him being taken in the later rounds of the draft this year. So they have, uh, like I said, I it's not bleak. The cupboards aren't bare. They have a lot of young talent and uh, potential to bring in some more. Another interesting note is that they only have they only have two 19-year-olds on the roster: Tyler Sandu, a forward, and Jeff Raven, a defenseman. So next season, you can certainly bet that they'll be in the market to add uh, an overage player. Uh, it could be on the blue line. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a forward, though. They certainly will need. Uh, to, re- to help replace that 96 points that Parker Bowles had this season. Right, right. Um, the, the goalie situation, um, how, how do you think Evan Evan did this year? And will there be some uh, goalie competition between him and uh, – oh, what's his name? Uh, him and uh, Sanders next year? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting because uh, Sarthal, it was his first season coming in as the starter. He had been the backup to Eric Comrie, who's now off playing in the American Hockey League. Uh, it was his first season, and for the first uh, for the first half of the season, uh, he, he played almost nearly every single game. Nick Sanders, who was the backup, a uh, young guy, first season, first full season in the league, uh, he saw very little action the first two, three months of the season. Uh, when he did play, he played fairly well. He won a few games. He, he, you know, showed that he belonged in the league. He didn't look out of place, certainly. Uh, but they, they stuck. They really did stick with Sarthal for a lot of the season, and uh, and he did not have the kind of season I think they had hoped he might. Um, I don't know that that was, you know, that cannot all be attributed to him. Obviously, uh, they had a lot of struggles defensively on the season. They had a lot of trouble staying out of the penalty box at times, and and that certainly leads to giving up goals. So uh, it will it would certainly the second half of the season. Nick Sanders saw a lot more time in goal, and he showed that he had improved from the beginning of the season, and that he was you know ready and willing to potentially take that job. And it's going to be an interesting off season and an interesting training camp. Uh, and maybe it might even bleed over into the preseason and the beginning of the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if they were nearly splitting time. Maybe Sarthal saw a little more. Uh, but certainly uh, towards the end of the season, uh, Sanders was seeing, you know, maybe every second, third game he was in there. And so they, they're they're obviously showing a lot more trust in him. Interesting. Interesting. So how do you – how does the – you kind of mentioned some of the guys, some of the – younger guys or rookie guys, how do you think uh, the next season, how do you think uh, they're going to compete in the U.S. division next year? I'll tell you what, I think they're in great shape uh, to improve once again. I think that uh, if they can add, what they'll really need to do is if they can add a key player or two, uh, possibly 20-year-olds, because uh, the question is they they just got to, it's not going to be easy and they're not obviously going to have a guy unless Topping, you know, goes out of his mind or something, they're probably not going to have another player with 90-something points next year. And and so what will be interesting is how do they kind of, you know, piece together replacing that. And uh, it's going to be very difficult. I'll be interested to see some of the off-season moves they make, some of the uh, 
you know, what the moves they make here upcoming before the draft. And uh, it'll be interesting. If they can find a way to replace some of that offense, not necessarily replace, but just kind of, uh, uh, you know, add something to what, you know, add to what they have now, I think they'll be in the fight for another playoff chance. Uh, This season, the U.S. division was really tough and was really good. A lot of teams were improved. Spokane was improved. Uh, Seattle moved up on the division. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of improvement within the division this season. If they can kind of stay the, if they could even stay, if they could even equal where they were this year, I think they'll be in good shape to make the playoffs. If they improve, I certainly think they could make the playoffs next season. That's very cool. Very cool, man. Hey, so I just wanted to thank you uh, for, you know, for being with us uh, this entire year. Uh, I've had a great pleasure uh, talking hockey with you and, and um, on here and like, you know, on social media. So I just, I just want to thank you so much for, for hopping on and, and, and hope we can continue doing this. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Otto. It's been great. It's been great getting to know you guys and it's, uh, it's been great conversing with, you know, other people who are as passionate about the WHL as, as I am. All right. I'm going to throw it back to Paul. Paul. All right, thanks, Otto. Uh, so, Sam, while well, we've got you here one last time this season, um, the playoffs, even though our team isn't going to be in it, the playoffs do start uh, Friday night. And I want to get your impression on some of the matchups, if, if you don't mind. Um, let's start with the Spokane Chiefs against the Victoria, the, the Victoria Royal, Royals. How do you see that series going? Well, that's going to be an interesting one. That's uh, That one might be the most lopsided in the West, at least. Uh, Spokane is kind of, you know, limping a little bit into the playoffs. They, you know, they they were just two points ahead of the Americans. Uh, meanwhile, Victoria is just rolling right now. I think they've won uh, 12, 13, something in a row, something like that. I know they've won a, double digits now how many games in a row they've won. They're just rolling. Best team in the West. Uh It'll be tough. I, I I take Victoria obviously on that one. Uh, it would be. I think it'll be tough for Spokane to win a game. I would not be surprised though if they took one on their home ice. So I would probably take okay. Victoria in five in that one. Okay. Um, now, my mind is escaping me right now. Do the is this opening round seven games? Yes, all the rounds are seven games. Okay. Yep. So so you're picking Victoria in five games. Okay. All right. Next on the plat on the platter is the Seattle Thunderbirds against the Prince George Cougars. How's that going to go? That'll be interesting. Uh, again, much like uh, kind of the last one, I think that Seattle is kind of on a roll right now. That's up to match. They're uh, they're also on a long winning streak right now, and, uh, and they're just rolling. They defeated the Americans towards the end of the year. And then they also pretty easily in a game where they had all their players. And then the last week of the season, they played the Americans and sat most of their players and and uh, fell short. But I would probably lean towards definitely Seattle in that one. Probably five, six games. Prince George is an interesting place to play. You got to go way up there to Prince George. Uh, they have that home crowd. Uh, when they make the playoffs, that crowd's always there. So. Uh, probably Seattle in six, I'd say. All right, so Seattle in six. All right, and then the last Too one uh, in the U.S. division. What was that? Oh, I see. The last one from the U.S. division. Okay. So the last one I want to talk about from the U.S. division would be the Portland Winterhawks versus the Everett Silvertips. So we've got an in-division matchup. How do you think that's going to go? That's the one I'm I'm really excited to see because, like you said, it's in the division. These teams play each other, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven times a season. So they've played each other a lot this year. They've seen each other. They they know everything about each other. And so this is one of the series I'm excited to see. Uh, Portland, you know, they they had an interesting season. They had an up and down season, and uh, definitely more down towards the end. Uh, Everett was near the top of the division for a lot of the year. They were. Uh, they had the division lead for quite a while. Then Seattle got hot, of course, and Everett slid down to second in the division. Um, this will be an interesting one. I, 
Portland has been the team that's just advanced and, and advanced and advanced every year. Um, some somehow I just I think Portland's got that magic, and I, I feel like Portland. I think this one's going to go the distance. I think it's going to go all seven. Uh, it'd be I'd love to try and find a way. Maybe I'll you know I'll fork over the money for that WHL live package to be able to watch that series online, but. Uh, I probably I think Portland somehow in the end is going to end up taking this one. Okay, so you're saying Portland in seven games? Sure, that'll okay, be that'll be my re- pick. Okay, and so to recap, uh, you think the Chiefs are going to lose to Victoria in five games? You think Seattle is going to beat um, um, Prince George in six? Did we say? And yeah. You've got the the Winterhawks and the Silver Tips with with Portland prevailing after seven games. So out of our division, you have you're you're kind of predicting Seattle and Portland to advance. Um, of those teams, which one do you see advancing furthest in the playoffs? I would I would probably have to say Seattle. This has kind of been their year. They're 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 really hitting their stride. They they uh, got the goaltender the goaltending they've been looking for. That was kind of Something uh, that they that was a question mark, and they ended up picking up the goaltending they were looking for. Uh, they, they kind of of all the teams, and between them and Portland, they kind of definitely seem like the team that has it going the most right now. Uh, and that's what it's all about in the playoffs is how how well you're playing at the time. Uh, they've I think they've had Portland's number for most of the season, so I would I'd take Seattle in that situation. How far do you think Seattle can go this year? I think it'll be interesting. I, I hope it'll be tough if, to get past, I would say, either Kelowna or Victoria. Well, certainly I would pick them to make the conference finals. Uh, it'll be mighty tough for them over Victoria or Kelowna. Kelowna's kind of been a big dog in the West the past few years. Uh, they slipped off a little bit, but, you know, they slipped off and still had 100 points, so that's still a dangerous team. Uh, I, think it'll, I think they have as good a chance as they've had in a long time. Uh, I know they, they don't – they don't have. They're not known for. They don't have the most success in Seattle in the WHL, but they. Uh, I think this is probably one of the as good a team as they've had, and I think in the in the conference finals, Victoria Kelowna, it's going to go. They'll, whoever they'll play, both teams will have such high 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 offensive scoring attack that it could go either way. It could. I. It could go five games. Victoria. Five games, Seattle. It's just you never know at this time of the year. I, I, I think at least the conference finals. If they, uh, uh, I think they got as good a chance as any in the in the league finals because the West, I think, is is a, is the tougher conference in my opinion. Okay. Well, um, I want to join Otto in thanking you for everything you did for us this this season. I'm looking forward to working with you again next season. And uh, thanks for coming on the show with us again. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. That was Sam Hinchy, and Sam is our beat writer for the Tri-City Americans. Um, and, unfortunately, the Americans are done for the season. Um, but uh, it was good of Sam to, to stick around and give us his predictions for the playoffs. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when, when Otto and I come back, we're going to talk some more about the arena. So hang with us. folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! 
Um, this week, uh, three of the council members were on the Seattle channel, on a show on the Seattle channel, and they were talking. first thing they talked about was the arena. And, of course, Rob Johnson, uh, one, one of the things he campaigned about was being in favor of the arena, so he was completely in, in favor of vacation. Um, and one disappointing thing from it, it seems like Mike O'Brien, uh, who helped author the current MOU, he helped put the current deal together, uh, he was kind of saying he's a little bit on the fence. Now, I, I still think he's going to vote for it, uh, so I'm not terribly concerned by it, but I'm a little disappointed that he seems so iffy. Uh, but one thing that came positive was on it was another person was uh, Shama Sawant, and uh, she is also on the fence, so she's not saying how she's voting. But one positive that she talked about was uh, from the meeting last week, and she was talking about how Sonics fans and hockey fans showed up um, and and made the point that, you know, it's not that we don't want family wage jobs. It, you know, uh, we can have both. And so she, I think she was, I think we, I think Sonic fans and NHL fans gave uh, Shama Sawant a positive impression of our movement. And that's important because she is on the fence. Um, and it's a lot better than if, than making a negative impression on her. Uh, right. So I think that was a positive, and I I kind of hope, and I I kind of have this feeling like she's going to be a yes. Um, but uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, definitely, yeah. definitely. I yeah I you know just like you I I am a little disappointed uh, with Michael O'Brien, uh, how he's kind of on the fence because I know he was solidly. Uh, in the pro arena camp. So, you know, I don't know what he's hearing that's kind of pushing him back. Uh, but I hope when he kind of really takes a look um, at all the private equity that will be coming to the city and this vote on this vacation is a conditional vote. And I, I wish, I know they understand that, but what it's a conditional vote, right? There, there's, it's not one of those finality things where you make this vote, then it's like there's damage that we can't undo. This is it's a conditional yeah, vote. Yeah, it's not like the street's going to go away if the arena is not if the arena is not built. Exactly, it's only going to go away you know, if the arena if the arena is built. Right. And, um, and so, yeah. you know what? It's, it's there's a five year turnaround time, and if we don't get a team, then then nothing happens, right? So so the port gets it back. It's a, a, the critical. Uh, critical road to port operations, so so they can be happy with that. But it makes no sense yeah. to delay this vote. It makes no sense to, you know, just kind of keep on mudding this issue. You, you know, you have the facts, make the vote, make the conditional vote, and then that's it. And then nothing will happen. But we will be shovel ready. We will be ready, and we'll be able to go to the NBA. We'll be able to go to the NHL. And tell them, look, we are shovel ready. We're ready when you guys are ready to work with us. And I think that is yeah. a powerful, powerful tool for us. But but if they delay it or if they vote no, obviously we're telling the NBA and the NHL the opposite. We're not ready. We don't right. know when we're going to be ready. We're not really interested in being ready. And so, yeah, look, I mean. You know, like, our, like, our, you know, like Jason Puckett from uh, KGR said, he said, if they vote no on this, it's over. Because if you yeah. can't even vote well, yes with, on this, I yeah. mean, with one caveat, it's over uh, unless Ray Bartizek can make something happen. Uh, and, well, and to I, yeah. I don't have any faith in, in Bellevue, but it would be over in Seattle. I yeah. mean, you know, and I know Chris Hansen was on Safi's show, uh, what, the day before the meeting, and he said. Right. Uh, and Safi asked him, what would happen if they vote no or if they delay it? And they said, and he said very pragma- pragmatically, well, we just keep working it until they voted yes. And, well, I appreciate the pragmatism there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I, just can't I, – I can't see in any way how this project can go forward um, if they vote this – if they vote no on this. I mean, I mean, right. I don't. That that means Chris would have to start over in some ways, and so they need to vote yes. And and so, uh, if our listeners can just keep sending the emails, uh, letting the council members know this needs to happen, uh, delay 
is a no vote. It's you know a delay. A vote to delay it is not a vote to delay it. It's a vote to reject it. Um, it's over if they if they delay this. Um, and so uh, we we would have to if if they reject it or if they delay it. Uh, I gotta think that our our fate would rest in the hands of Ray Bartizek and Tequila and. You know, I I don't know what the likelihood of that happening is. So well, we need this Paul, to pass. I will, really I, will, I will say, I will say, if they do reject the street vacation of Occidental, I have, I have with no inside information, I I feel pretty confident that Barzik will be able to would would be able to get uh, an investor. If if well, there is no possibility, right? Yeah. I mean. Like it, it would certainly make it easier to get an investor because that would mean Seattle's rejecting Soto, and that would make the, the investment less risky uh, on on behalf right. of Tequila. So it would certainly exactly. help Ray Bartizak. Um, I think it certainly I, would. I think if you're, I think you're if you're an investor and you're kind of seeing like, okay, well, I don't really want to start putting money into this while Seattle's still viable, and then you see that Seattle's no longer viable because of streetification. Uh, was voted down, that as an investor, it starts looking like more of a solid thing, right, at Tequila. Yeah. And then and then it would be up to Ray and whoever investors he has to move forward with Tequila. Or, you know what, if Bellevue wants to jump back in. I mean, who knows? Um, but, yeah, if they – Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, telling I'm, you what, I'm just going to assume that Bellevue doesn't exist until one of those guys comes forward publicly. Um. Okay. You know, Ray Bartizek has come forward publicly. And until one of those Bellevue guys does the same thing, to me, they just don't exist. I mean, they've had, we've been talking about them for a little over a year now. And not once have any of them come forward publicly with anything tangible, with any kind of plan. So I, for me, um, I'm not pinning any hopes on Bellevue. I mean, obviously they'd be welcome. Obviously, I would support them, them if they did come forward. <laughs> no, we've got to turn them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it, but... there's no question, though. And, and so, yeah, it it would make things it would make things easier for Ray to find an investor if Seattle rejected it, to be clear. There's no question about that. But there's still no guarantee. Right. Um, it's still a lot of money. It's still a huge, complex transaction. And so it's not a guarantee. So... There's no question it would be a blow to our movement if Soto is rejected. I mean, right? It, I mean, you know suck. what? It, it would <laughs> if I mean if if that happened, I mean it would it, it would be devastating. I'm gonna be quite honest with, with you. I mean, I mean, starting this whole process, being with this process with Chris Hansen, all that work that Chris Hansen, you know, had to do, no new tax dollars. I mean, basically. You know, being paid by public bonds, which would be paid back by user fees. I mean, if they say no to that, They'll say who no would ever that. want to invest <laughs> equity into the city in regards to a sports facility yeah. or a sports team? Who? Nobody. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they would, really suck about it. What's that? In addition to, in addition to, just the obvious that we wouldn't get the arena, they'd be proving David Stern right. Think about that. Yeah, they'd be proving Clay Bennett right. <laughs> if they don't pass this deal, they're proving all those jerks right, and I just don't think yep. I would tolerate that. That would just really suck, uh, and I would be yeah. ashamed to be associated with Seattle. Oh my goodness! You know, I I don't even want to know. I don't even want to see what our 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 com- our comment fields at uh, Sonics Rising, what that would look like if that did happen. I mean, you would it, the oh, moder- the moderator team to turn- would turn off comments. Yeah. Well, what would happen? <laughs> usually, what happens is, I mean, on normal days, we we keep things uh, pretty strict about how we moderate. Uh, right. But there are t- there have been times over the years, such as um, after the Kings fiasco. Uh, such as after the Coyotes fiasco, uh, such as after um, Chris Hansen's deal with funding the opposition in, in Sacramento, where mm-hmm. uh, 
the moderators just said, you know what, we're walking away from a day and just letting people burn things down for a while. <laughs> because it would it was either that or shut the comments down and yeah. and not let people comment. And on those times, people need to be able to vent. And so what right. we've done historically in situations like that is just kind of let it burn and say, all right, just make a statement. All right, you guys, just let it out. Get it out now, and it'll be all right. But uh, tomorrow we're going we're gonna to hammer you down again. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to focus on the negative here because I think it's going to pass. I, I hope do. so, man. I mean, um, this process has made me pretty pessimistic, to be honest with you. What's that? This process has made me pretty pessimistic. Oh yeah, how could it not? I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this should this should have been resolved a year ago. Yeah, this should have been resolved a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Suffer, man. That was that was a gut punch. And if we, I mean, I, I don't know how many, I don't know how many more of those I can take. So. Well, I, I think most people, I think most of our, our listeners are right there with you, Otto, and I'm right there with you as well. I mean, uh, we can't keep doing this forever. Uh, but, I, again, I, on a positive note, I really do think the arena is going to pass. I think they're going to, I think they're going to approve the vacation. Um, I, I think Michael Bryan's going to come around. Um, you know, my hope is that he's just kind of him hawing. Uh, just to give the public perception that he's really thinking about it. But I don't know that. Uh, but I think it's going to pass, and I think we're, we're going to be happy about it. Um, and so I, I don't think we're going to have a dumpster fire to have because of this issue. Uh, I, I, think, mm-hmm. I think it's going to go well for us. I think it's going to pass. And then we're going to be on to the waiting game, uh, waiting for uh, a team, um, waiting to see if uh, Victor Coleman – um, can come and do can come to a, an agreement with Chris Hansen for NHL first. Uh, waiting to see if uh, you know um, just how long it's going to take with the NBA. I think without question, uh, although some people disagree with me, I think without question the NHL is the closest to coming. Um, and so, you know, from a hockey perspective. Obviously, right now, everything lies with street vacation. If that dies, um, we're almost dead, hockey-wise, NHL-wise. But if that passes, uh, hockey fans have another hurdle to clear. (laughs) And that's going to be the NHL first issue in Soto. Um, And until that situation is addressed, Tukwila is still on the horizon and a threat in Seattle. Um, And so... But the sad thing about that is there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, no, we can't, there we, we can't lobby Victor Coleman, and we can't lobby Chris Hansen, uh, and it, it's not a government issue. It, most likely we'd be talking about Chris Holm, uh, Victor Coleman and Chris Hansen coming to some kind of privately financed agreement. Uh, and, and Hansen said the day before the, the agreement, or the day before the, the meeting last week, he told Softy that it's it was kind of off the cuff, so I don't know how serious to take it. But he said it would be like a hundred million dollar investment for an NHL investor. Now, so what does that mean? Does that mean that uh, Coleman would have would have to invest a hundred million to make this happen? Um, yeah, well, that, I don't know. Thing, but he said it because I mean, you know, you always you always wonder, you know, if 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 the NHL owner does not have any stake in the building. And and there's just basically a tenant. There's I don't think that would work. But if Hanson is open to uh, bringing in an NHL investor, but they have to put a hundred million dollars into the building, then you would think they should be able to get a fair portion of of you know concessions and parking and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, On hockey events, yeah. right? Basically, what you're doing is flip. You're flipping the risk, and and that's how that's right. how Hanson put it. You know. If it's NHL first, essentially what has to happen is you're flipping the risk from uh, the NBA side to the NHL side. You're flipping the risk. And so logic would suggest that you're also flipping the benefits. Uh, and that, so, that's what you would think. <laughs> yeah, and so if, if they're no longer just a tenant, but they're uh, perhaps maybe a primary investor in the arena, yeah, you would think that that would uh, – 
uh, give them a significant share of all the goodies. And so that's that's the thing we really don't know. We don't know what they've talked about. No, we don't. You know, we we don't know what conversations between Hansen and Coleman have consisted of. You know, we don't know the other side of it. Um, right. So uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. It, so I do think it's gonna. I do think street vacation is gonna pass, and that will make us completely ready for the NBA. Uh, but we but we will have that one more hurdle to clear for the NHL, at least in Soto. And so we're going to have to be mindful of that and uh, just recognize that just because Occidental passes doesn't mean that this is over. We're, you know, we could be in for, a, you know, a fair-sized wait uh, for something that right. happen. But, uh, but let's focus on the positive, and that is I think the arena is going to pass. I think the, I think the street vacation is going to pass, and then we'll deal with the other things after that, because until that, none of those things matter. Sure, um, sure. um, been a good show, and uh, I think it's time to bring this to an end. And uh, I want to thank you for for co-hosting once again. I want to thank Sam Hinchy for stepping on, um, and I want to thank all of our listeners for giving us a reason to do this. And we will see all of you next time. Thanks for sitting in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers and Otto Rogers.